of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Welcome if you are new here. What you are about to hear is a audio version of a astrology forecast that I shared to my YouTube channel, Sabrina Monarch, so you can also see it on video there. And this podcast is a place where I share both these forecasts as well as interview conversations with people that I find inspiring. This is Sabrina Monarch of monarchastrology.com bringing you the astrology forecast for January 12th to 18th, 2022. While you're here, please like this video, subscribe to my channel and hit the notification bell so that you know when new videos come out. And at some point, leave a comment and let me know what resonates with you. This week, Mercury stations retrograde in Aquarius. There is a full moon in late degrees of Cancer. Uranus stations direct in Taurus, and the lunar nodes will transition into the signs of Scorpio and Taurus for the next one and a half years, and they've been in Sagittarius and Gemini for the last year and a half. Mercury retrogrades, let's just say this, and this is something I'll continue coming back to, they really get a lot of bad press um, for not very good reason. Mercury retrogrades are commonly misunderstood as a transit that we can blame a bunch of our problems on that things go wrong. Um, And while Mercury retrogrades can relate to minor inconveniences, especially around like technology or, you know, getting places on time or directions or your keys or things being organized, like just those little kind of detail things, um, it's usually something benign, like missing a freeway exit and having to go the long way or misplacing your keys and having to look around for them. So besides being more careful about details, should you feel the need to be self-accurate or it really counts for some situation, um, what I would offer as an invitation for Mercury Retrograde is to consider the sacred role of the trickster interrupting our normal routine, um, our normal routine ways of thinking and moving through the world. The detour even if initially due to an inconvenience, may hold treasure, like meeting an important person you wouldn't have met otherwise. The point is being awake and aware of what is unfolding in the moment and what unique opportunities exist in that moment, even if it's a detour, as opposed to hating the moment for not sticking to the original plan and seeming inconvenient to you. This is the point of Mercury Retrograde, to change our mapping, to open our mind, to open simply the, you know, if we walk the same way to a destination every day, to go a different way and see what emerges from that sense of novelty or the situation shifting. Detours of an Aquarian note, so Mercury is retrograde in Aquarius, can relate not just to what we're thinking, but how we're thinking about what we're thinking. Engaging the witness consciousness, so detachment is very Aquarian, and having novel or divergent insight about our experience and how we interpret our experience. We may have flashes of insight that light up otherwise autopilot cognition, and we get the opportunity to be more creative with our intellect. So those moments where you have a thought and then you 
notice the thought and it's curious to you and you think differently about it would be a kind of reflective Mercury retrograde moment. Detours of an Aquarian note may also have to do with how we engage networks and ecosystems, whether that is a social media network, um, a mycelial network, or a forest community, a network of guides and angels, or a community of humans gathered around a particular interest. So think expansively about what a network or what an ecosystem is to you. Um, take the time to become lucid in the waking dream of this life when you notice that you're participating in a network. How are you being inspired to participate that may be different than your normal way? And we'll come back to this in a little bit. A full moon in Cancer, um, to switch gears here, can highlight our emotional responses to the sense of how successful we feel in this moment at the game of life. So it's a Capricorn sun, um, the success versus failure binary to consider in that sign, right? So it's this Capricorn sun lighting up the moon in emotional and receptive Cancer. Capricorn's perception of failure can be overly harsh at times, or the fear of failure can lock us into a less courageous or free way of being that sets us up for the very failure that we fear, such as being afraid of rejection, so never taking the chance in love anyway. One simple energetic I've been tuning into as the moon is growing full into Cancer that I wanted to share here is... Um, Noticing that when I reveal what is going on for me internally, instead of hiding it under a mask, the person I'm connecting with will reflect me and I feel more connected to them and to the moment itself. And it's not that I'm always masked, but in moments I'll notice it and take a layer off. This unmasking process contrasts another patterning I've built up from earlier in life around hiding because I expect to not be understood um, or that the information will be used against me. So why try anyway? And in the moment of going against that ego programming, because that's what it is, um, and revealing and being reflected, I feel success in the relationship and in connection, in reality, in that moment. Right. Whereas the beginning of that programming around, OK, let me hide so that I can be safe. Um, that may have been a form of success at having a defense mechanism, but not necessarily success for having real connection. So there's different ways that we can look at this. Success can be as big as how we feel about our whole life, our relationships, our career, our finances, as well as noticing what moments seem to click and work out or where things are clashing or misaligned. It could be as simple as noticing that a house plant we moved to a different spot in the house is beginning to look happier. Success on the Cancer Capricorn axis is noticing good fortune that comes about as a consequence of our thoughts, feelings, or actions, and feeling emotionally connected and aligned to the circumstances of our lives. So that's the kind of ideal, um, everything's working out, yay, kind of success. But there is also a way to approach things not working out or to approach the messiness of our lives in a meaningful way as well. 
in terms of taking deeper account of what's happening and learning and adjusting, those could be successful moments as well. We are not in control of all circumstances and not all bad circumstances reflect poorly on us. There's discernment there. And yet there are places we have responsibility or can take accountability for the state of our current experience. This full moon can be about having a deeper emotional response to celebration and grief alike. In response to how we feel about the concrete material experience we are having and our sense of self-esteem or lack thereof in the part we took in creating this reality that we currently see before us. Seek to be kind. You wouldn't yell at a houseplant for not thriving in a certain part of the house. Similarly, shame and reprimand are responses to the sense of failure, but they do not actually improve the situation. Underneath shame can be a more vulnerable call for repair, and it takes courage to actually step into that reality and throw off the heaviness that keeps us locked. And then on the more celebratory end, because it is going to be a very emotive, big feeling, you know, moon and cancer. So where we do feel a sense of pride or accomplishment or satisfaction with what we've created, the emotions will run high for that as well. Our successes and wins can be very obvious to us during the full moon, like they are revealed in the fullness of the moon, and we only need to allow them in and enjoy the moment. And if they are not obvious, sometimes reflecting on how far that we've come can be a way to open our perception to the achievements worth recognizing. Capricorn is really great for um, looking back as well. So a few announcements before we get into the transits in more detail. One is that you can find me on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch. You can sign up for my mailing list. Um, upon signing up, you'll receive some like a in-depth guide about the Venus retrograde in Capricorn that's currently happening. This is the place to be to learn about um, when my books are open, which by the way, they are currently open and the link for that is in the notes, as well as when my courses are open for enrollment. Right now, Meteorite is open for enrollment. This is a year-long advanced program for alumni of the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive. Meteorite includes going deeper into embodying our astrological practice, um, going deeper into technique, learning new material in a way that really grounds us in our own personal voice and medicine and craft. There's some themes for this particular year-long um, program that I have listed in a um, write-up that I'll also leave linked. One of the themes is going deeper into the fixed signs and the relationship of the fixed signs to creative genius, um, living in our excellence and power, as well as all the kind of complexes that keep us from that, where we get stuck or stagnant. So the fixed signs um, are an inspiration for me in the sense that I've been working so deeply with them for years. I am obsessed, but also the astrology of 2022 features the nodes in Scorpio and Taurus. We also have Saturn and Uranus still in their square in fixed signs, and they will be aspecting the nodes. Um, all of our eclipses in 2022 will be in the fixed signs. So I thought that this would be a timely topic for us, um, but we'll also be getting into going deeper into 
observing the moon and lunar cycles and lunar progressions, working with asteroids like Eros and Psyche and Diana. Thank you to Varina's um, work in Meteorite last year, where she did a bunch of research about the astrological Diana, and we have a podcast coming out soon. Um, Meteorite... We also get into our transits um, together as a group. It's an amazing experience. And the other thing um, that is really notable about it is that every student, every participant creates a project to present at the end. So as far as astrological embodiment and craft goes, there is a, um, a real impetus in this course to create something transformative. Projects can be creative, academic, research-based. They can also be deeply personal, such as um, embodying a personal transformation that you've been seeking in your life, embodying a part of your chart. Um, I'm here to support participants in terms of coming up with your project um, and guide through it. Um, and you'll find too that the community is profound um, as well. We came up with a lot of really like groundbreaking ideas together um, the last time around. And I'm excited to do this again. So we begin in March. If you are feeling called, please apply in the link below. And there's a course page I'm also linking as well as a separate catalog of inspirations. The Evolutionary Astrology Intensive is currently in session, but I will be opening it again around the spring or summer of this year. So stay tuned for that and getting on my mailing list is the best way to be in the know. So here's our week in more detail. On January 14th, 2022, Mercury stations retrograde in 10 degrees of Aquarius at 3.41 a.m. Pacific. So Mercury is going to station direct on February 3rd in late Capricorn, re-enter Aquarius on January 25th, and eventually leave shadow February 23rd. This Mercury retrograde begins with Mercury square Uranus and Taurus and Mercury a few degrees away from a conjunction to Saturn and Aquarius. So we have Mercury really communicating with the Saturn Uranus square that's currently happening. Um, I have a recent episode interview with Catherine Urban on Magic of the Spheres podcast where we talk about the Saturn Uranus square. So if you haven't listened to that, that would be a good one to tune into. That's available where you listen to podcasts and I'll also leave the link below. The Saturn Uranus square relates to breakdown and breakthrough processes happening collectively and personally. Stress is being introduced to systems and systems are being pressured into adjusting or innovating to respond to the stressor. So this is happening on so many different levels, but um, a big example that we could bring up is the pandemic, right? So how institutions like schools or hospitals and governments are dealing with the pandemic is an example of systems responding to a stressor family systems, relationship systems, or the personal system of the individual body are also sites of stress, change, and paradigm shift at the moment.
Mercury activating this spot and stationing retrograde suggests that this retrograde cycle may be about our mental realm, catching up to today's stress and innovating how to respond to it. I use the pandemic as a broad example, but everyone is having their own experience. One person's major stressor stressor right now may be that they are uncovering personal childhood trauma at a rate that's challenging their existing romantic partnership's capacity to hold it. Or it's up-leveling the relationship meaningfully and challenging the internal expectations of what one could share in relationship. Or one person's spiritual awakening process is having them feeling alienated from their current friend circle and community, and then perhaps vibing with other communities. The general theme is that change has introduced disruption to an existing system, threatening that system's stability, but also offering new levels of freedom should the thread be followed through and or integrated. So that Saturn-Uranus square is, is bringing about disruptions to the status quo. It's often uncomfortable when that happens. And sometimes the solutions that we would normally engage in the problems that come up aren't viable or the problems are too new for old solutions to be the answer. So what ends up happening is that we end up um, having to be innovative. Um, Catherine Urban brought up in the podcast that need begets invention, right? So there is this sense that there is breakthrough happening and it there's a stressor that's causing that breakthrough to get set in motion. <clears throat> so when we have Mercury stationing retrograde highlighting this existing square, it seems symbolic to me that the theme of the Mercury retrograde is going to be like data revision, intelligence, paradigm shift, like Aquarian kind of innovation reflection on the current impasses that we're facing. Mercury in Aquarius holds an energy of group intelligence. It is the shared hive mind. This can be literal in terms of a computer program that shares information across a network, or also literal in terms of collective thought streams that many individuals can tap into, right? Like radio stations and also the kind of etheric radio stations, right? Like the the common thoughts of the day, uh, the common thoughts of the zeitgeist. And groupthink and hive mind have different connotations. The groupthink, while also a kind of hive mentality, relates to a group of people sharing the same limitation in consciousness, like the groupthink. We don't often think of groupthink as a good thing. Whereas the hive mind is often this kind of more expansive field of possibility. So consider your access and exit from either of these realms. Um, Getting caught up in group think, you know, is is one way of being with the group and knowing what's going on in the collective. It can also be a limitation. Um, group think is not always virtuous. It's not always enlightened. If we look back on history, we can see that that's the case, right? So um, group think is also not inherently misguided or evil per se, right? It's just a matter of discernment, but we can tell perhaps from that Aquarian witness consciousness when we're engaged in, you know, being on the same page as a lot of people at once um, or where we're kind of diverging from the popular narratives of the time. 
In terms of the hive, this Mercury retrograde in Aquarius could have us reflecting and experimenting with how we source paradigm shift in our lives by talking to people and putting our qualms out there instead of keeping them inside. So it kind of has me thinking about how um, Mac books or like Apple products um, communicate the bugs, you know, to the general network um, to improve the products. Um, or different forms of technology that I'm not super um, like advanced in understanding, but the way that it's talked about is that it's like decentralized, that the information is shared across a network, right? And I think that um, if you were in like a think tank or a group of people who were seeking to advance their consciousness together, it's like, not each one person is doing all of the work of inventing the wheel. It's like everyone is bringing their minds together. There's a shared intellect. So when we um, keep things to ourselves and try to solve things ourselves, um, there can be some limitation there when we put, you know, Mercury often relates to like the voice and putting our ideas out there and allowing connections to occur that wouldn't happen without that communication. And so Facebook, I often find like people literally are like, dear hive mind, and they have a question and then people come in and support and help. And sometimes you hear from people in the comments that you don't normally talk to, but they see your post and something lights up for them because they actually have an answer, right? So there's a way that um, in a systems view of life, um, there's this book, uh, Fritjof Capra and someone else, I forget, um, about a systems view of life. Um, but they're talking about this type of consciousness that is not Darwinian. It's not competition based, uh, but power is rather shared in a system consciousness, um, that we grow together. Like one person's success is shared across the network, um, that it's not, it's not a zero sum game. So there's something about, you know, sharing information and teamwork, um, and being in the hive for this transit that I'm feeling. This is our own capacity to help others connect dots with our own intuition, insight, and expertise and information that we have access to as well teamwork and sharing mental resources so ideas referrals and introductions may break up stuck or stagnant impasses at the moment retrogrades relate to a reversal in normal patterning so we may find our inspirations and impulses around connecting or disconnecting from community and hive surprising or novel to us Right. Like there is no one way to do this. If you're a person who's constantly outsourcing a lot of processes and it's going to be the most radical for you to slow down and figure something out for yourself without external support, that might be liberating for you. If you've been working on something and in a really kind of contained way and you haven't been reaching out, then reaching out may be kind of novel for you. What I would say is that the network or the hive mind, we have our own routine ways of navigating the internet, navigating social networks, and something about this Mercury retrograde may have us innovating or moving through that labyrinth and network differently. Whether that's by internal inspiration or some little inconvenience or detour comes up and you find 
that you need to interact with reality differently. January 16th, the sun in 26 degrees of Capricorn will conjunct Pluto in 26 degrees of Capricorn at 5.11 a.m. Pacific. One of the shadow's favorite languages seems to be projection, seeing a quality we refuse to see in ourselves and someone else. Or if not the exact quality, at least our triggered response to another person illuminates something within that we have not fully examined. The Sun-Pluto Kazemi, so a Kazemi being when the Sun is exactly conjunct another planet, is like a moment of putting the um, X-ray glasses for personal accountability on. Just here specifically talking about Sun, Pluto, and Capricorn together. It's like visibility, Sun, seeing, you know, shining light. And Pluto is like what's hidden and Capricorn relates to responsibility. So something that we have felt was too shameful or painful to confront may become apparent. And yet the illumination itself holds the potential of diffusing the extra charge of shame, distaste, etc. at the material that is becoming visible. So again, um, these experiences touch us uniquely. Some people are um, punitive toward themselves and are taking too much um, on themselves in terms of harsh standards, which um, are connected to some sense of shame or low self-worth. And they're not needing to take on more and more um, of that, right? There could be some burning away of that and coming into a greater sense of dignity. And then on the other hand, there are spaces where we are encountering an issue and we're blaming it on something or someone else, um, where we're still angry or resentful towards someone. And um, my mentor, Lucia, said something really powerful to me recently in terms of where we are resentful of another person, we often also have an apology that we owe them. And I really thought about that and let that sink in, right? So the sense of where are we, um, where did we do something that went against our ethos or our ethos has expanded and we look back and we're like, that wasn't uh, really correct or wise of me. And how can we face that knowledge and grow from that? And I think that the sun and Pluto coming together creates that sense of, um, you know, it makes me think of the judgment card in the tarot, which is um, related to the planet Pluto. But you have this kind of angel figure blowing a trumpet and these figures rising from their graves. So there is this kind of call. Um, Jessica Dora calls it like the call to adventure um, in her book, Tarot for Change. So what is being shown, right? Shown as in like S-H-O-W-N or S-H-O-N-E, what light is being shown upon um, something that has been unseen or hidden and where can that be um, some call to adventure in terms of being a more integrous person? January 17th, We have the full moon in 27 degrees of Cancer at 3.48 p.m. Pacific. The sun is conjunct Pluto and asteroid Juno in Capricorn. So Juno relates to 
um, marriage and commitment and devotion and like sacred soul contracts. So she could be that kind of uh, romantic life partner kind of thing, but also um, I see her as the important kind of soul contracts that we make. And so Sun, Pluto, Juno, that feels like such a, um, you know, if we just talked about the Sun and Pluto as the light being shown or kind of this moment of truth and then Juno being there, it could also be the ways that um, our relationships are showing us those kind of moment of truth, um, moment of confronting something. And after all, relationship is a place where shadow work takes place. So this full moon can be an emotional reveal of how we are relating to our deepest commitments, where we have devoted our effort, time, and our most profound investment. In some cases, there is a lot of pride and cause for celebration. We have challenged ourselves to work toward a lofty or idealistic goal, grown our character, developed healthier boundaries, become more professional or more capable, and now we are experiencing the reward of our reality reflecting our achievement. That is, you know, the angel and the trumpet call and that sense of, you know, being in this moment of glory. Um, in other cases, we may feel emotionally disparaged around how we have wasted our time, contorted ourselves to fit a goal that wasn't truly honoring our nature, or unnecessarily sacrificed ourselves for little if no return. Brene Brown wrote a book, Rising Strong, which I'd recommend for anyone seeking to more meaningfully address failure in their life. Brene Brown slows down the moment of getting back up after falling to provide a map on how to truly grow from mistakes or failures. You know, I find that her work is so uh, revelatory on the topic because um, failure is such an intense topic um, and we can either you know, there's two, these kind of pendulums of being really hard on ourselves or being, you know, really lax and being like, it's perfect. Nothing's wrong. You're fine. I'm fine. You know, or like, holy hell of <laughs> fire. Like you're a terrible person. I'm a terrible person. Right. What's the, all of that gray area in between of the actual kind of, um, soul molting and soul alchemical transformation that happens in that space of things not going to plan, being disappointed, feeling disappointed in ourselves or in others or something that we thought was possible or putting all of ourselves into an endeavor only for it to fall flat um, or go wrong or something like that. Like, how do we actually process that? And I think Rising Strong is a deeply encouraging book in the kind of encouraging, engendering courage, um, but also bringing a kind of um, vitality to the topic. So even in the first scenario, I pointed to pride and cause for celebration because reality itself is reflecting our achievement. This is usually a cumulative effect of learning from mistakes and failures and noticing what's working and kind of amplifying that um, and allowing the information from cause and effect in our lives to help us course correct and refine and um, adjust. Not all self-knowledge comes with ease. Sometimes we learn about our values through what doesn't work or what didn't truly fulfill us. The Sun, Pluto, Juno, and Capricorn conjunction could relate to a deeper commitment we have within ourselves to excellence, 
fulfilling a deeper potential in this life by soberly addressing our current limitations, hidden resources and skills, and truly confronting our most profound desires. To align our efforts with our deepest feelings, so to climb the Capricorn mountain that actually matters the most deeply to us, would be profoundly vulnerable and erotic. Consider Audre Lorde's famous essay, Uses of the Erotic, which I will link in the notes as well. January 18th, Uranus stations direct in 10 degrees of Taurus. Mercury is the lower octave of Uranus, and we have both of these planets stationing this week. Mercury is also in Aquarius, which is a sign that is ruled by Uranus in modern astrology. This is a simultaneous stationing of planets relating to the mind, Mercury, and the higher mind, Uranus. These planets both relate to the trickster archetype as well. At a most basic level, we can anticipate seeing things differently. Experiencing insights, shifts in consciousness, or whisperings of a new paradigm. So often we speak of this time on the planet as a shifting of ages, old paradigm to new paradigm, 3D to 5D, Gaia awakening, shifting into the age of Aquarius, the new age of air. You know, it goes by many different names. Whatever the particular mythos, these tales of shift open us to the possibility that life as we know it is changing. Like our phones or computers so often get a software upgrade, software update, the collective ego or personal ego can as well. To participate in shifts, life is already changing, whether or not we're personally about it, we can be open to insight, downloads, and revising our internalized programming around how we think the world works or who we are within it, right? These paradigms, the ways that we think about things are deeply informed by our cultural conditioning, the cultural programming, our own traumas. And part of Aquarius um, is, and you're honest, is the liberation process of deconditioning from these uh, programs that we've picked up through our experience and that limit our perception. So what's fundamentally important to conserve Right? We know that Taurus is great with stability and maintaining stability versus where are we simply rigid and afraid of change? So, you know, Uranus, when we think about the upgrade or up-leveling or being futuristic, that is not the only archetype. Like there are archetypes that care about conserving the past or conserving tradition. There may also be certain things that we've picked up from our experience that are wisdom that we don't want to just throw out the window because we're going for the new paradigm. And again, this is a, a place for discernment. And when it comes to um, the up level or the upgrade, part of liberating from the past is like liberating from our fear-based matrix. So the things that we have internalized, the stories, the traumas, the patternings that are based on threats that are not always there, right? But we still have the ego consciousness that those threats are ever, you know, there, or our nervous system is as upset about something as if we we're being chased, you know, by some uh, animal that could destroy us um, when we're just having a confrontational dialogue with someone, but we're that, you know, triggered by it. So these programs or these paradigms, right? It's like 
Becoming aware and lucid of them allows us to see that we don't have to be run by them. And at the same time, gaining the intelligence about why those things are there um, can also be super relevant. Um, and oftentimes when people try to just bombastically go forward and not think about the past or not do any kind of shadow work, it doesn't hit in the same way. Um, it doesn't have the same kind of foundation or grounding. Uranus and Taurus may also relate to a deeper awareness of the freedom we have to be resourceful or to adapt to change. That there is a deeper intelligence within us that made gardens out of the raw materials of our lives, and we could do it again, even if the raw materials changed. There's so much of fear with Uranus and Taurus that if things change, how do we survive? Like Taurus relates to survival and finding the deeper, um, you know, intelligence within us that may do with what we had and can make do again with changing circumstances is a, um, a resilient kind of thought to have when we're dealing with the stress um, of change. And then next up, we have the nodes of the moon on January 18th, entering Scorpio and Taurus. And you can follow the video that is going to be linked in a moment here to watch that. Please like this video, comment, let me know what resonated with you. Um, the links for Meteorite, for learning more, for applying, for booking a reading um, are all below. And um, yeah, go check out the nodes of the moon changing into Scorpio at Taurus next. And I'll see you again soon for another forecast. All my love.